0: konichiwa and hey y'all i'm leslie and
1: i'm laurie and welcome to sumo Sumo kaboom Kaboom, where we talk about all all things things sumo sumo. and today we're gonna be talking about a surprise that's right but first first we have some big news to share news flash
0: hey guys great news on the horizon no may basho
1: Oh, and not only that...
0: No October boss show. No! And Uh, not only that... We're gonna have a July one. Yes, okay, but it's so, in a different place. Right. So they're working towards having one in July relocated to Tokyo from Nagoya because no one will have to travel if it stays in Tokyo. And normally that's the hot one. that's the that's the one that some of them don't like because Nagoya is so hot.
1: Oh, it's so like physically uncomfortable, you mean.
0: Yeah, so maybe the wrestlers like this. Maybe so. My question is, why not have all the Boshos shows in Tokyo behind closed doors now? I mean, I know they can't for the May one because uh, Shinzo Abe, the prime minister, he extended the lockdown right. throughout the month of May. So, but still, uh, why? I, I don't know, about this
1: October one, I don't know why they canceled it already. Did they officially well, cancel it? Yes. Why? I don't know And maybe you can tell me what. So what's the reasoning Behind moving them around In Japan Is it just so that It reaches more fans Well that's just The way
0: it's always been Is that there's what Four in Tokyo And one in Osaka Which was the last one And then Nagoya Oh no there's three And then there's another one I can't remember Off the top of my head I'm a ding dong That what happens Is they're trying To prevent people In Nagoya From coming out And see The wrestlers go there They set up shop They have their own stables. They have their morning practices. And that's what makes the city of Nagoya so sad is because they love it. And it brings commerce to their city, too. But what it does is it brings everybody from the epicenter (laughs) to Nagoya at like the height of all of the Virus spreading, and they're so, trying to prevent people from moving around and spreading it. Okay,
1: help me out here. So they're trying to keep people from larger cities to going to this smaller area, Nagoya, and bringing. No, I mean Nagoya the... is
0: a big, a big town. It's a big town. They're just trying to prevent all the people traveling to and cross Nogoya. cross contamination. Essentially, okay. they're just trying. They're just trying to keep people from, from traveling from traveling. Okay, yeah. so because if the second in... people travel, they bring, unbeknownst to them, the disease everywhere
1: else. Well, and they're passing by lots of other people. Right. So that's the beauty of keeping it in Tokyo. You have all of those people in Tokyo who have been in
0: lockdown, who don't have to change their routine. They're within their own stable quarantined. Fukuoka is the other one.
1: But it's, but even if they have it in Tokyo, it's not going to be open to the public anyway.
0: Right. But they did it last time. So, so they know how to do it. They know Maybe how to do it. it. So interesting. So because they don't I think they set up shop in all these different places in Nagoya, too. So that's Uh, close to where other people live and work and they're eating in their restaurants. You know, it's in people from Tokyo. I don't know. I'm sure it's in Nagoya as well, but they don't need a whole bunch of people on all their entourage going
1: down there and spreading it like
0: wildfire.
1: So long story short, we got a slim year ahead of us. We're going to be doing
0: some real out there <laughs> we're gonna, pieces. We're going
1: to be digging deep <laughs> for sumo pieces this year. Actually, I don't think it'll be that hard to keep talking about no. sumo, but it will. Oh, it will be so. We just won't get to see as much sumo unless they start replaying historical sumo matches. Or I something. know we
0: can watch an old match from oh. like randomly five years ago, like a like
1: tournament. I don't know. One
0: we haven't seen before. I
1: don't know what we're going to do without. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Without as much sumo as we were hoping for, but all of us are going to have to figure out
0: something. What the wrestlers have been saying, um, I'll read you a couple of quotes about how they feel about this tournament being canceled. Yeah. Asano Yama said, I will continue preparing carefully one day at a time while looking ahead to the July tournament. Imagine though, when July
1: gets here, everyone's going to be like, oh my God! They're going to be so excited We're going to be freaking out (laughs) Like not only will the fans be freaking out But the wrestlers will be too They will be so excited to get back in that ring
0: Well and they're just going to It's going to be really interesting to see Just to see if some of them have atrophied Some of them have healed It's going to be fascinating Inho said people were looking forward to it And we were preparing with the idea It would go ahead Unfortunately there just wasn't a way Now we have to prepare as best as we can for July And Kakarou, lastly, said he was focusing on making sure everyone is in good shape for the July meet. Oh, Hakaho also said, get this, he's in it for another year! I know! I'm so excited! Yeah. He's going to hold on to the Olympics next year.
1: I mean, he wants to do the full circle on dad at the Olympics. He wants to be the at the Olympics to honor his dad that way. I love that.
0: I do, too. So there is some good news amongst all of this kind of wonky, terrible news of the world. And we're going to get more hakaho and we're going to get healthier wrestlers, and we will knock on wood.
1: That's actual wood. Yep. Get a tournament come July. Oh my goodness! And as far as I understand, it's going to be another silent basho, so there won't be people in the audience. The one in July, but that's okay. Just to have okay. something, which is going to be great. And and now I get to like wonder, okay, what are they eating during the quarantine? If we're at home eating cookies and Texas trash, maybe we could all just transform ourselves into sumo wrestlers. Well, I'm well on my weeks. way because
0: my sports bra was fitting a little bit too tight. The this morning. My I was jeans. like, did I
1: shrink this? Did I did I wash this? No. And, uh, did I way. dry it?
0: And I was like, wait a second. I no, on, I air
1: dried it. I, I put on my jeans and I was like, oh, these feel different. <laughs> these maybe I should quit eating so much bread. and know. Maybe at by home. July we'll be in tip top sumo restaurant shape right. and we'll be ready to compete. <laughs> we can jump right in.
0: <laughs> That's right. Hey, you know, I think it's time for a sumo joke of the day. Let's do it. Let
1: me guess. Is this from Malcolm?
0: What? Of course it is. (laughs) In sumo, what is the best strategy when your opponent is using lots of false starts? What? Mind Over
1: Mata. Oh, nice. <laughs> that one's really, really good. Thanks, Malcolm. I think Malcolm is listening. I think he is. Either I've... he's a sumo fan or he's listening to us. Or he's or a both. joke fan. I don't know. But anybody <laughs> who uses the term mata in their jokes is good. Well, he's doing some research. Yeah. If he didn't
0: know about sumo before, he's doing some research. Keep well, thank coming. you, Malcolm. We always appreciate a joke of the day Absolutely. or week, actually. It's a joke of the week. All right, shall we
1: move into our surprise topic? Yes, our surprise topic, which is amateur sumo wrestling. A lot of us are big you know, pro sumo fans, right. but there are many of us who also watch amateur sumo for good reason, because right. it's very exciting and there's a lot more people out there doing amateur sumo than pro sumo, so we thought we should devote at least one session to amateur sumo. Right. There are sumo wrestlers amongst us. Yes, there are. I thought I'd take a little bit of time
0: to do a little bit of history on amateur sumo. In 1992, the International Sumo Federation opened its doors with the idea that it would bring sumo all over the world and one day to the Olympics. Now, there are over 80 countries that participate in amateur sumo with the same techniques and the same respect for the sport and their opponents, but a little less of the traditional ceremony that normally exists with professional sumo. The wrestlers train hard, give it their all, but they don't have to live in the stable. They can go back to their job as an accountant the next day. That being said, as with every other sport in America, we tend to latch on to something and give it our all. We excel at sports in the USA, and sumo is a growing sport, and the attention and viewership is gaining worldwide. In the early 90s, a guy named Andrew Freund, or friend, I'm not exactly sure. It's F-R-E-U-N-D, Freund. Oh. Have you ever met anybody named
1: Freund? No, I have not.
0: I have met a couple, and they pronounce it uh, friend. So, oh, anyways, Uh Just... Something else for another topic one day.
1: Yeah. Etymology of that last name. I guess.
0: Well, this guy worked in Japan in the early 90s and fell in love with sumo. And he started training. And upon returning to America, he put together practices, eventually bringing powerhouses in world sumo wrestling over from Japan to train his students in Los Angeles. And Mr. Friend was one of the main champions of early amateur sumo in America, Currently, the powerhouses in amateur sumo come from some of the same places that excel in professional sumo. Mongolia, Russia, Ukraine, and yes the USA. After all, we had the very first gaijin or foreign Yokozuna, Akibono, back in 1993. Many of our sumo wrestlers in the past have actually come from Hawaii and America, Samoa. And I imagine this has to do with the close ties Hawaii has with Japan. Hawaii always has had a large population of Japanese, and they've settled there and they brought their own traditions with them. Plus, Hawaii is halfway between L.A. and and Tokyo, so it's a popular vacation destination for the Japanese. And for us. And for us. Exactly, it's where our traditions come together, and our people come together. Now, people all over the world are starting out in amateur sumo. For the most part, it's a sport. To some, that can actually lead to a professional sumo career. The rest it has for some people. It has. The wrestler Wajima, I think that's how you say. It. It's W A J I. M.A. Wajima, was the most famous from the amateur sumo world. And he won titles in 1968, 1969, and he went on after that to join a stable and became a professional sumo wrestler, eventually actually becoming A Yokozuna with 14 Yusho wins. Very cool. And Mitake Yumi is one that we all know, is an example of someone who came up through the university system and won in the amateur sumo world so much that when he joined professional sumo, he was entered into the third highest ranking of Makushita 10. Even Tochi Notion made a winning run of it as he competed in amateur sumo at the World Junior Championships in 2004. That
1: means there is amateur sumo in Japan. Yes. And it's a strong, vibrant system of uh, wrestlers that may or may not go onto the pro world. Yes, yeah, but we also have it all over the world. We right. also have.
0: Amateur sumo In lots of different countries That's right Amateur sumo Is particularly strong In Europe Many athletes Come to the sport From a background In freestyle wrestling Judo Other contact sports Like sambo Like Tochinoshin That's where he came from That was his background And some eastern European Athletes have had Incredible success And they've been Scouted into the Professional sumo world In Japan Much like their Japanese amateur Counterparts Really? They're
1: sumo scouts? Yeah Oh that's
0: great Yeah and the most famous of these was a Bulgarian named Katushu, Kotoshu. I cannot say it. It's K-O-T-O-O-S-H-U. You he's, know you've seen him. You he's, s- a he was he's a wrestler or he's a scout? Well, no, he was a wrestler. Okay. And he was an Ozeki. And he was very successful. And he was an Ozeki for many years. And now I think he runs a stable. But you would recognize him. I guarantee you he's from okay. Bulgaria. Okay. And so... They can be scouted from the amateur world, but they can also, if you're in Japan, you come up through the system and you go to college. Like yeah, yeah. Nihon U- University has a big sumo wrestling program, I believe. Yeah. They can be scouted directly out of that and then be put into like the third highest ranking level, which is Makushita. Okay. Or they can join a stable at 15. So some of the wrestlers that we see all the time didn't start at a stable at age 15. They started in the amateur world and built their way up through that, then went to college, continued to train there, and then went pro. So it's really a feeding arm. Yeah. If you go to college, if you are active in amateur sumo, you just afterwards can enter the ranks, but you have to be under the age of 23. I think that's what they say. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. So as long as you make the jump to pro at a certain age, you right. can.
0: Okay. Right, right, right. Here in America, though, it's a little different. We don't have any college programs that have sumo wrestling on there.
1: Not that I'm aware of. Maybe they're out there. Maybe. Maybe. I just haven't found any yet. Right. So today we've got... Wouldn't it be great if there was like a Yale sumo team? Like Ivy League sumo teams? That'd be amazing. Or not even Ivy League. I
0: don't care. It could be like Tarrant County Junior Junior College college, could have a sumo team. team. And I would be so excited. I would too. Well, here in America, it's happening a little bit different. Basically, it's a bunch of people that kind of form local groups, Mm -hmm. and they practice, and they have these little teams. Not little. I just mean that they're kind of, like, spaced out, and they're not, like, huge in numbers. And these little homegrown pockets of sumo wrestlers, people are learning in the backyard. People are trying to learn as much as they can on their own. Mm -hmm. And some of them are serious, very serious. And they're very successful. Mm -hmm. And we have a history here of having some really incredible wrestlers that come from some of these homegrown kind of stables. Today, we bring you one of these stories of one of these homegrown greats. Now, he's not a household name now. And I hope he will be soon as more and more Americans get hip to this thing called sumo. Justin Kizart is a lightweight reigning gold medalist in 2020 in the world of amateur sumo. We got a chance to talk to this dynamo of an athlete this week. And it should be noted that Texas is home to some great things, such as the State Fair, Bluebell Ice Cream, Sumo Kaboom Podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad we made that list. And Justin, Justin (laughs)
0: He works and trains in Austin and was gracious enough to let us into his life in sumo. So now we kind of want to bring you some excerpts from our interview. And we had a chance to sit down with him for over an hour, and we just picked his brain about all kinds of sumo things. Right.
1: How often do we get to talk to an actual live sumo wrestler? Uh, Never. Yeah, this was our first time. Yeah, and And he's so so kind. He's very kind, and we fangirled over him a little too much on the phone. Yes. (laughs) But like everyone else is doing, we had to do this via Zoom. So the quality of our audio is not so great. But what we're going to do is kind of go in and out of this audio so we can sort of set some things up and then we'll play you bits and pieces of this interview and then go back and forth like that so that you can enjoy who Justin Kazart is as well. That's right. So first we
0: asked him where he came from. How he got into sumo was really interesting to me. Women brought him into Mm. a very special woman brought him into sumo wrestling. Yeah, yeah.
2: My wife's from Osaka, so we go back to, we go to Japan to see her family all the time. And uh, one of the trips, kinda, I, I went with her and she went out to go get her hair done from her best friend. And I was kinda stuck at home with her grandma. At the time, my Japanese was not good. And so I was just like, ah, all right, what do I do? And she was watching um, sumo in the kitchen. I was just like, all right, I can, I'm, I'm gonna watch this. And I have been doing you know combat sports since since I was uh probably about twelve or thirteen. Jiu-Jitsu, judo, different martial arts. From watching it, I could see, like I could see all the the, the technique into it. Like, and just like most Americans, I thought at first, like, oh, sumo wrestling is just like fat dudes bumping bellies and stuff. Yep. And, I, I, yeah. and I was just like, you know, I could see a lot of the judo moves. I could see some Greco Roman moves. Like I was just like, yo, this is dope. Like
1: <laughs> and it, was a <laughs> cool,
2: <laughs> it was a cool way to connect with her grandma because she saw how excited I was too. It was a it was a cool bonding moment. I, I just I was addicted. Like I was watching like every basho show that year. I was just like, even my wife was just like, Wow, you're really into Sumo I'm like this is so dope. Like this, I was like, oh, and this was this was back, you know, <laughs> still like like uh, I guess Haruma, you know Harama Fuji, who was uh, you know, he had retired yeah. like a few years ago. Like um, he was like my he was one of my favorites, and and uh, him and Mitake Yumi, I was I was just really like I just loved them. And flash forward a year into that, I I was like, yo, there's gotta be. So there's gotta be sumo like outside of Japan, and I just googled it. <laughs> come to find out, and we sorry, we were we were. Uh, I'm from uh, Los Angeles, and uh, and come to find out in, in LA there was um, a sumo team, and you know, lo and behold, it's you know one of the sumo teams, the, the biggest and and best sumo teams uh, in the country. I found out they had practice. I was like, I told my and I told my wife, I was like, yo, I'm I think I'm gonna try out sumo, and she's like, nah, you're not. And then, (laughs) I was like, no, I'm dead ass serious. Like, I went and uh, trained with uh, Yama and Takeshi and uh, Andrew Freund, uh, who runs the uh, US sumo open. I was like, oh, I I am into this. I was hooked ever since.
1: You said that you studied with Yama. Now, is that the same wrestler that was the heaviest Japanese wrestler? That's
2: big boy. Yeah. Okay, so I'm really... He's my my senpai.
1: Okay, so I'm really curious because you're a lightweight sumo wrestler and he was the (laughs) heaviest one from Japan. So tell me what that was like. What did you learn Uh, from the heaviest sumo wrestler that you could sort of take into your own sumo wrestling?
2: I mean, it it was a blessing to learn real traditional sumo from them because now looking at American sumo wrestlers as a whole, I feel like a lot of the you know, real traditional training is kind of, it's lacking. You don't know what you don't know. Imagine, you know, some random person, uh, you know, random person in Idaho, like they love sumo, but, and they get together with, you know, they start a club and get together with two of their friends or something and you just try to figure it out. So mm, it was lucky for me to be able to have that kind of training and they really, they saw something in me and so they pushed, you know, me and, and a few others that they pushed harder. You could tell that they, they were like, wow, like, okay, that was good. But if you, you know, if you bring your hand in this way, you know, or do like certain things like Otsuke and, and you know, they were able to give me these these tools that really uh, ha- allowed me to advance much faster. It was awesome. He, <laughs> he was always, he was always kicking my ass. And he was even, you know, when we were going down for stretches, he's like, more, more, more. He like, he would try to say it in English, but, you know, and but he'd always, uh, he's pretty much just spoken Japanese most of the time.
1: Uh, <laughs> is Takeshi the one that's putting uh, YouTube videos up about how to train as a sumo wrestler? Is that yes. the same Takeshi? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay.
2: And so Takeshi moved back this year back to tokyo i don't know we still we still stay in touch he has he has his own like uh training center there in japan so anybody any any foreigner can go and uh and actually train with him
1: that's awesome if you recall Mm -hmm. last week we had some questions about the tachi eye that we just couldn't answer because we aren't sumo wrestlers. So we did what any curious person would do. We asked a live sumo wrestler. It's Um, better than a dead sumo wrestler. Yeah, well, we wouldn't get too many (laughs) answers that way. Okay, maybe I should have said that a different way. So we asked a sumo wrestler uh, and here's his answer. How much of the tachi is about intimidating your partner before the match even begins?
2: I don 't really focus on intimidation at all, like when i 'm in that match like i 'm pretty zen i like to I like to meditate, I see guys you know every time they come in with the, the you know sometimes they 're staring you down looking crazy and this this and that, and for me that that shows weakness and, it, and it, you're, you're showing your cards to me I used to read I read this this one book and it, it you know it talks about you know kind of the uh, more of a, a samurai warrior uh, mentality about mm-hmm. things. And you're kind of supposed to just keep your face neutral. I'm in like my own zone. If I let somebody change the pace of, of my rhythm, then, then I've probably already lost. You know, and that's that's a lot of their goals. I, and I, I know that a lot of the uh, Eastern European fighters, a lot of the Ukrainians uh, and uh, uh, Georgians and, and stuff like that, they they like to play games at the Tachi. They take, mm-hmm. like, forever to put their second fist down. Yeah. As, you know, as your legs are getting a little more fatigued. At that moment, you know, if, if somebody's stalling, I'll stand right back up. You know, you obviously don't seem ready. That whole intimidation thing... I think once you've been in enough fights, doesn't matter what it could be boxing, it could be MMA, all that stuff. I think you should be more afraid of the guy with a really calm face. If you actually look at the greatest, look at Hakuho.
1: <sighs> I do that, every day. That, that man God. goes
2: that. that man goes <coughs> to Sankyo, know, like he owns the ring. And he yeah, just he is like, cool, bro, you can do whatever you want. And that's a Yokozuna energy. Like you don't have to do anything with your face. You don't have to do all kinds of craziness. If you're ready you're ready
1: we also were really curious about how he trained to get involved in amateur sumo we wanted to know who he trained with and we also wanted to know how his current training is set up like what's important to him as he trains today
2: the first half of our class at dark circle sumo you know we of course we we stay traditional with chico we get the hundred chico in
0: Let's give a quick definition. Most all of you know what Chico is, but it's those big, huge, wide-legged, stick your leg up into the air and slam it down. Yeah. And you switch sides.
2: And then we go straight into stretching, because I think deep stretching is, uh, is important. So it's like almost 30 minutes of stretching. I love yoga. So, you know, there is, you know, there's some aspects of yoga that I even that I even add into our stretching to make sure that my students are you know are are injury free right after that then of course we go into sudyashi.
0: and then suriyashi is the low to the ground kind of shuffle in a like a wide legged squat with your arms out they push their arms mm-hmm. you know that one that's suriyashi mm-hmm.
2: then the second part of class is the part that most people hate <laughs> they hate me for it but it's it's our strength training not wholly focused on technique it's more just really building up the muscles in the body and we do different things like reverse bear crawls uh i have these things called like tachiai burpees like i i kind of uh, have these hybrid training exercises that help to condition and strengthen the body but they have a purpose for sumo and so anyway so the third part of class is straight matches. It's, it's, either, it's either, it'll be the first 15 minutes where we might have the technique of the day that we focus on. We'll focus on uatenage or shitatenage or any kind of sapati attack, just specific takedowns or wins. Mm-hmm. And then we go right into, right into matches. Uh, when we get closer to tournament time, I start to ramp those things up. When we get close to tournaments, we have like 30 round Thursdays. Each person has to get in there thirty rounds, Ooh. and it's just grueling. It's just go, 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 and it just helps your muscles uh, react and be where they need to be without you overthinking things. You just just pound out, you know, you pound out matches to where you're not so. You're you're not you're not so in your head about uh, about winning the match. Oh, I have to win the match. Like you win some, you lose some. You just you just just go 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 go. Don't think about the win or the lose. You you just get into a flow. I'm dead serious about making you know an all star team here in Austin, Texas. And I love the group that I have. And these guys these guys they trust me, and they see you know they see results.
1: And of course, we were curious about how COVID. Is affecting his practice because COVID is also going to be affecting those pro wrestlers that we love watching. So they're going to have similar issues.
2: COVID, it's killing me, man, right now. Like I, <laughs> I, I hate that. I like, and all of us, and all of us, we you know we stay really close and tight knit in the Texas sumo community. It hurts to not be able to have physical contact with people. You you know you need that part of the training right now. With COVID, we have uh, Sunday sessions at 10 a.m. Uh, and so we do a, a Google Hangout where, I mean, we've had, you know, we have eight to 10 people on the Hangout call. And so I'll lead the sessions and we do then. You know, if you, if you care to join on Sunday, you can, you can see what a, you know, what a (gasps) touchdown for me is.
1: Oh my God, yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's really fun. Uh, We've even, the last two Sundays, one of the guys from the Iranian team has joined on our morning cake.
1: Oh my God, that's great. You have an international crew.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's pretty exciting.
1: Dark Circle Sumo is Justin Stable, the stable that he started. As we said earlier, Justin Kazart is the gold medal winner of the U.S. Sumo Federation's 2020 competition. We asked him how amateur sumo is different than professional sumo. Here's his answer on that one. Amateur
2: sumo is governed under the IFS, which is the International Federation of Sumo. And that's based in, that's based in Japan there is a Japanese team under the IFS. The difference with international sumo, there isn't that moving up to, you know, you don't live in a, you know, you don't live with other sumo wrestlers or you do, you know, maybe you have a roommate that's a sumo wrestler too. You don't have that same traditional system. It's more like, you know, more like a regular sport. We have just gotten, the IFS has just gotten uh, recognized or sumo has just gotten recognized by the Olympic committee in 2019 to be able to meet that criteria, which has always been the goal, there had to be weight. There had to be weight categories. Okay. So there are four weight categories. There used to be just three, uh, but as of 2019, um, or at the end of 2018, they added this uh, light heavy because it used to be this broad range uh, in in middleweight, and so now there are four weight categories. And also, the sport had to be. Uh, recognized as an olympic sport the sport has to be uh men and women
1: yay right. yeah yes. right
2: so that is probably the two biggest things weight, weight classes and all, all genders so uh, you said it's
1: recognized by the olympic committee does yes. that mean you guys are working towards getting it into the olympics yes and how yes. how far away is that do you think
2: being recognized is the first step with the Olympics being uh, in Tokyo, I think that we could get a push and I would hope that Hakuho could help push that because I know that he does have, you know, he has his, the Hakuho Cup for a lot of youth, but it would be really nice if uh, somehow the IFS could figure out how to help get that, you know, get that out to the public and that, you know, we are a sport outside of Japan. It's great timing, uh, being recognized, and then also having it be in Japan. So I think that this is going to be at a great advantage for us.
1: And to finish, we were really curious about what he wished people understood about sumo.
2: On the weekends, I'll you know I'll work work at the bar as well. Like Mm -hmm. that's my time where I've gotten so many people. Like, I'm, like, preaching the gospel of sumo. We've got these, this huge big screen, and instead of playing regular sports, like, I literally, I, I screen, I show the matches, like, all the time. And and I just, and I let it play. And people, it's awesome to watch them sit there at the bar and be like, yo, I never thought about sumo, like, I never thought about sumo, but, like, this is really exciting, mm-hmm. you know? And so And so then I get to talk, and they're like, you know, I'm like, I explain, you know, I explain, you know, everything about it and like, oh, they're like, oh, why, you know, why is it on the salt? And why this? and Why that? And it's, and it's cool to be able to really talk to people about that. It's an easy sport to get into. It's just, you know, I think the cliche here, you know, you just, you've got like, what, E-Honda on Street Fighter? Or you got people who are, who are like wearing fat suits, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's so annoying. It's so annoying, and, and, and when you actually go, as Americans, and when you go beyond that stereotype, you know, of it being such a silly sport and actually see the sport of it, it's an easy, it's an easy sell. Yeah. You just have to get people into it and, and, like, watching it and then understanding what they're doing and then, and then you know, learning about the different guys.
1: It was such a pleasure to talk with Justin Kizart, and if you want to know more about him and about his training group, go to darkcirclesumo.com. They operate out of Austin, Texas, and have produced several gold medalists at the latest national U.S. sumo competition this year, so they know what they're doing, and they're obviously very good at it. If you're curious about the U.S. Sumo Federation, go to ussumo.org. Dark
2: Circle Sumo is, it is like, like a nerd family, I guess. I don't know what it, you know, there's, I mean, we're like, like super athletes, but then also at the same time, there's like this common theme of, you know, oh, you're kind of nerdy too. Like, all right.
1: Yeah. And we, well, it's <laughs> like, it's
0: Texas. So we could all be enjoying football, but Hey, we've all chosen a
1: different sport and it's a great sport. And you can practice with them. You can actually go, I believe it's on their Facebook Facebook. Page for Dark Circle Sumo, and you can sign up for Keiko, so you if, can remotely practice. Yes, with yes, with Justin, which I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this week. Do it.
2: Part of our goal with Dark Circle Sumo is because we're all, a lot of us here in Austin, are, you know, uh, and on the Austin team, where a lot of us are creatives, and so we would like to see the sport elevated to the level that other that other sports have, you know, for photography, videography, uh, and online presence. And so I think that that's really helping us and helping the sport overall grow to where it should be so that yeah. people can people who they don't know anything and they Google us and they go, oh, shit. Oh, this is oh, this is legit. And, <laughs> and then that that helps them because if, if they see just a bunch of rinky dink cell phone quality videos or things like that, uh, people might not catch on to the love of it. That's what we're, we're trying to do our part.
0: All right. That was so fascinating. I was so glad, by the way, that we had a chance to talk to him. And we hope in the future we have a chance to talk to more sumo wrestlers. Mm -hmm. We're very interested in meeting people all over the country. And as I was going through our social media this week, I was seeing... Being connected to Dark Circle Sumo, so many other stables all over the United States, Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're
0: everywhere. Yeah,
1: people are doing sumo here in the U.S. And that number is growing. And I think that's really exciting. And it shows that we're going to get better and better. We're pretty darn good now, but we're even going to get better with more people getting interested. That's right.
0: And we hope to bring you a little bit more insight into that in the future and maybe some more interviews with some sumo wrestlers. hmm All right. Some Q&A. This one, I feel like I've sort of answered this before, but this comes from Patrick Welty. He asks, are there any notorious sumo wrestlers with any shady pasts or have served prison time? Ooh, prison time. Yeah, prison prison time. time. Well, we did go into this a little bit with Yokozuna Haramafuji because he resigned after he beat up a fellow junior wrestler mm-hmm. Takanoiwa by smashing a bottle over his head apparently Takanoiwa attempted to answer his mobile phone while Haramafuji was berating him and oh. that's what set him off he hit him over the head thirty times, leaving him with a concussion and thirty a, times, yeah, and a fracture to the base of his skull and other injuries. That was according to Kyoto News. So he resigned shortly thereafter. Yeah, the man's got
1: a light fuse.
0: He has a very light fuse, and this one, uh, people thirty don't, times. 30 I'm sorry, I did not realize
1: it was thirty I times. I like, kind of
0: hate to talk about like the violence in yeah. behind the scenes, but uh, it was a valid question. I would have to say that. They're, that's 99% of the sumo wrestlers do not act this way. Yeah. They, they don't have swings of violence. But sometimes it is leaked or sometimes it is reported that these incidences happen. And so why not mention it? According actually to The Guardian in 2007, Takashi Saito was a 17-year-old trainee who fought under the name... Toki Taizan. He died after he was tortured and beaten by his stable master and three senior wrestlers after attempting to leave the stable without permission. His stable master was sentenced to six years in prison. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, there have I wouldn't say any wrestlers have gone to prison, but that was one instance that uh, the stable master did. All in all, most of these wrestlers, they might have minor infractions. Sometimes they get caught smoking marijuana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes there's match fixing and illegal betting, but they have tried anyone- their best to clamp down on that yeah. and to make sure that these guys are reined in. So those are kind of the bad guys of Sumo. I hate to call Haramafuji bad guy. Even when he was Justin Kazard's like favorite, favorite Yokozuna, but that's because they are similar in Tachi style and he was an incredible wrestler and he's young guy, he probably still would be. He just yeah. had it too short of a fuse yeah. to be a Yokozuna. Well, that kind of ended down.
1: <laughs> did kind of end down. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I was just thinking, yeah, I, w- I was just thinking about the fact that Hakaho was at that uh, altercation as well. Oh. And uh, Hakuho was not involved in... Like he didn't beat the other guy. Right. But uh the it, fact that he, he was, was by the
0: way, Haramafuji was out with they said a bunch of Mongolian wrestlers. Yeah. So it was
1: probably Hakaho it was... was probably all the Yeah. I know Hakaho was uh they talked to him and they you know, they said you should have stopped that. Basically, got in trouble for not stopping it, but he was there, so I don't know. It just makes me wonder what was happening that night. You know, we want to end on anything sunnier, I feel like we should, but I don't know what. <laughs> like... In a time of coronavirus, what is positive? Yeah, can we talk about this golden week of holidays that's happening in Japan right now? Is uh... you know, we could talk about what um, Texas sake.
0: Let's. It's a company here. <laughs> <laughs> that sells sake, and they're in Texas, and yep. I like that. We just
1: we just found out about them this week. Yeah, I'd like to find
0: out a little bit more about Japanese brands here in Texas. I would too. I'm I really. Like... I mean, not only is it sumo, I'm interested in I, because I lived in Japan. I am a th- enthusiast for all things Japanese. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what we could talk about real quick? Other things I find fascinating on NHK World News Network. Okay. <laughs> That sounds great. OK, so if you're watching sumo, by the way, you're probably you might be watching on NHK and they have their commentary. They have everything in English and they have all these shows that have either English translations. But if you go to their channel, there is just a bevy of interesting and just perfectly Japanese television shows on there. There's like, like the woman gardener. Oh, yes. I love her. What's her name
1: again? I've watched her show. She's
0: English. She's British. Yes. And she... But she speaks Japanese. She speaks Japanese. Beautifully. beautifully. She's been there for 40 years. Yeah. At home with Venetia in Kyoto. And she is like the Martha Stewart of... Japan. She is a gaijin. She is British, but she speaks in Japanese and she's been living in Kyoto for like 40 years with her husband and they have this house and she I don't know. She just goes around the house and she just like rubs like some oil that she's Harvested somewhere from some urban or garden. She fixes
1: her lanterns by making paper and
0: yeah, and, handy and natural crafts.
1: glue and, and yeah, puts the, all that natural paper up on her lantern. And
0: then she like ends with like a poem as she's looking out the window and some tea leaves and some tea. And yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's It's a little wacky and weird, but I thoroughly enjoy that. Okay, there's one about trains. But it's all about Shinkansen trains and but no not not, not not that's bullet trains. Um ah. but also local trains. But the hosts are really quirky. And Japanese television, they don't go to a hard cut like into a commercial. I know they freeze and they hold they freeze and hold and a then there's really like long two time. or three seconds of just pausing. It's really it's awkward. Very, very weird. I and love then it. Then they go to commercial break. Yes. But that show is a real funny one to watch i don't know those are the shows on and then sumopedia
1: obviously uh-huh but there's lots of good programs but sometimes they do um they highlight like a tourist area you yeah. know like if you go to this town here's all the things you could do here's all the hotels you could stay in here's all the hot springs you could visit you yeah. know i hope it helps somebody like me learn about japan yeah it's really fun so <laughs>
0: This the, thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate you guys listening. We come to you every week barely showered from our parents' closet. That's
1: right. We're in RPJs eating all of the things we're trying to learn how to bake from our kitchen, but we all we can't quite get it right.
0: Without bathing for I'm at, at least forty-eight, seventy-two hours. <laughs> But we thank you guys anyway because we know you guys are probably somewhere else in the world in similar circumstances. Except you're not in your your parents' closet.
1: Totally together, you know. Well, good for you, because we don't. Anyway, we're just doing our best. We're doing our best, and sometimes it works.
0: Yeah, sometimes it works. So I think that is our, our style of sumo here at Sumo Kaboom. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you guys listening to us, even when sumo's not going on. We thank you guys. Thank you for liking us. We keep seeing our numbers go up as far as people liking us, sharing our info and doing reviews. And yeah. we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, you
1: guys keep asking questions. We're going to look up all the answers for you. If we don't know the answer ourselves, will find it so until next time i'm leslie and i'm laurie
0: and this has been sumo kaboom sayonara see y'all later